0: Today's scripture reading is John seventeen eleven through 13, and it says, now I'm departing from the world. They are saying in the world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. I love you. Hello. Hi. I am Lauren, for those of you who don't know me. Hello. I am a senior psychology major. And I'm gonna give you a little bit of an intro about who I am. So I love people more than I love anything in this world. I think I love people more than I love breathing, actually. So, okay. And I'm an Enneagram two with a three wing, which is super central to who I am. I eat Chick-fil-A at least once a week. Uh, number one, no pickles, fry well done, large milkshake. Yes, I said large. Everybody feel free to get a large chocolate milkshake with no toppings. One ranch, two ketchups, so also, yes, I'm a picky eater. I have an obsession with compane, specifically their cinnamon rolls. When people ask me what my favorite hobby is, I always say laughing. I love dancing, which is why this worship this morning was too real and also why I'm sweating right now. And I'm always blasting a new song in my white Prius with the blacked-out rims. I am the oldest of four girls in my family. So some may say I'm a bit overly protective and overly loyal. Um, Ask any of my friends who have ever dated anyone or even started talking to somebody. Rip. Um, But as the oldest, so these are my sisters, as the oldest in an all-girl household, um, I would fight to the death for my sisters. So here's an example of that. So when my youngest sister, the one on the far right, right, you're right, Um, When she was in third grade, so I was in high school, she was eight years old, and she is such a quiet, sweet soul, and she is, like, keeps her feelings to herself, and we were sitting at the dinner table one night, like we always do, and she started, like, sobbing. Like, she started, like, like, violently crying when we were talking about our days, and we were like, like, Julia never cries. Like, what's going on? And she continued to tell us that at school um she had been with her friends and they were eating lunch and she went to go throw something away and when she got back her friends were gone and so she like looked around for them and then she saw that they were hiding behind a trash can and she just like was weeping as she was telling this story and in that moment all my sisters and I start crying too because we're like who could do that to you and then also I was like Okay, so I'm about to go beat up a third grader. Like, I'm <laughs> Walnut Elementary School, like, I'm coming for you. Like, and I am about to beat up a third grader. Because I felt so protective of my family, like, of my sister. Um, another uh, fact about me is that I experience the world through tears, so I'm very emotional. So, if you know me, you know I cry about just about everything, um, especially when I have to say goodbye to someone. So, every year when I leave Walmart, I look like this, but also with, instead of one single tear, 5,000 tears streaming down my face. So I hate goodbyes. I hate saying goodbye, especially to people I love. And so every year after my eight months spent here, like I just weep because I love my people, and I love the people that I get to share my life here um, with. So taking that, and we can take that picture down now. When I think about this passage that we're going to read today, um, I put myself in Jesus's place as an emotional person, but also if you're not an emotional person, if you just think about the people that you deeply love and care for, and imagine if after, I mean after eight months, and I'm only going to be apart from my friends for three months, like I'm sobbing, can you imagine if you had journeyed for three years like Jesus did with people, you'd done everything with them you had worshipped together, you'd live life together, you'd laugh together. I'm sure, Je- I think Jesus was really funny. I think he had a lot of inside jokes with his disciples because that just seems like God just does funny things all the time. And Jesus just had this depth with his people. They knew him so intimately and so deeply. And I can't imagine how heartbreaking it was for him to say goodbye to them. And this scripture that we're going through right now, John 17, we're going through the prayer that Jesus, it's basically Jesus' goodbye to his disciples before the most painful, hard goodbye that I think has ever been experienced in history. And God in his, like, Jesus in his time when he was leaving, his deep prayer was that his people would be protected and guarded by God, that we, they would experience fullness together. And that there be people that walk alongside each other and stay with each other even after he leaves. And that we would be so one with each other, just like Jesus and God were so closely knit together, so one. When God wanted something to happen, Jesus could feel it. He could sense it happening. And he was able to act it out. So I want you to think about what would it look like for us to be so in tune with each other that we were able to listen to what the Spirit wanted from us, what the people around us really need from us and that we would have the courage to let people take care of us, to show up and take care of the people around us too, and that we would live in mutual relationships that seek to make the other better. Would you pray with me? God, I pray that in this time, that the words that I say would not be my words, but your words, that I would be reminded that I am just a vessel of the truths that you hold deep inside your heart and that you wanna share with all of us. So today, be with me, give me peace. I love you, God, amen. Okay, so today I'm gonna to walk through this passage, these couple verses, which it's such a short like amount of like verses, but also like so many things that I have to share with you, so many things that I can say about this, these three verses. So I think this passage calls us to a few things, so I'm going to walk through a couple points, which are to understand and feel God's protection over our lives, to know God and know that God deeply knows us, to know each other deeply, and to experience the fullness of his joy. I'm going to start with protection. So in this passage, it says, um, Jesus is saying to God, protect them by the power of your holy name. And I think when I think about protection, often my first thought is to think about, like, oh, God's praying for my safety. Like, God's praying that, like, I'll be protected from harm. And I think that when I often pray for people that I love, when I pray for protection, that's what I think of. But I've been so challenged to view this protection as instead of being this thing that we're protected from, like, we're protected from bad things happening to us. Because obviously we know there's so much pain and hurt in the world that instead of that being what happens, that we are protected because God's presence is with us. God's presence is living in and through us. And it's, he's walking with us every step that we take, every way, everywhere that we go. God is so present with us. And again, that doesn't mean that God is protecting us from harm or from trial. It means that he promises that no matter where we go, how far, how deep, In the darkness, we feel that God is present and with us. And I think when we think about protection, it's just a reminder that Jesus wants us to have his spirit with him. So what does it look like for God to pray for protection for his disciples? To me, that looks like even after Jesus is leaving, he's praying, God, stay with them because I have to leave, like I have to go, but I want you to remain with them. And I want you to be with them still because I know I can't be the one that protects them and is with them and lives this life with them anymore. And I think it's so significant that God says to protect them by the power of your holy name, because the name of God is a name that drives out darkness, it drives out fear, it drives out insecurity, and it brings confidence and light. And when the name of Jesus is spoken, darkness can no longer stay in that place. And so he says, protect them by your name because your name is so powerful. Our name encompasses all of who we are. And the name of God is so powerful that God, that Jesus speaks that over his people, over his disciples, and over those who are going to experience his message in the future. And I think God uses his presence not only through speaking whispers to your soul and like the depths of your being but also through the people around you that you get to walk with that you get to do life with I think often Jesus appears to us like as Jesus through skin like Jesus with skin on like us as human beings so I challenge you to think of what does it mean to be protected by God in your life what does it mean for the spirit to be dwelling with you What is Jesus trying to communicate to his disciples and to us today through this challenge to notice and understand the deep protection that he carries over our lives? The next thing that I think is so important is that we know God and that we know that God deeply knows us. And I think that comes through intimate relationship with God. So we are marked by our identity that we are one with God, that God sees us and knows us, that he knows our story, that he created who we are, he created our inmost being, and that we know through that that he will never leave us, that he knows us. And um, earlier in John, there are these scriptures that talk about how Jesus is our shepherd. And I This is so significant at the time because everybody understands, like nowadays we don't really have shepherds, like that's not like a career choice that most people take as being a shepherd, Um, but at the time this was a common, and it wasn't a highly position, it was actually a lowly position to be a shepherd, but when you're a shepherd, you have one job. Your job is to watch over your sheep. All day you're spending with your sheep, you're watching them, you're making sure that one doesn't run away, and if it does, you take care of it, you protect it, you go after it. And you know them. And then they know you. They know your voice. And so in John ten twenty seven it says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And then in John 10, 4, it says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. This is so significant because we need to learn what God's voice sounds like in our life. We need to learn the, the, the voice of our shepherd. And we so innately know that because he's our father. It's like when your mom calls your name, like, you just, you, you know that's your mom. Like, you know it. It's like a mother knows her babies cry. Like, there's so much going on. But, you're, like, a mom will just turn and know, like, when her baby's upset or crying. And I think it's so important to understand that God knows the language of our heart. The way that God speaks to me is so different than the way that God speaks to you. And even though we may seem the same or act the same, we do the same things, the way that God speaks to our heart is so unique to who we are. And I think we are challenged to learn that way, like what is the way that God is going to speak in and through our heart language because he knows us and he wants to communicate with us. So some people... I feel like there's so, I mean, there's so many different ways that God speaks to us. And, like, I think our challenge is to figure out and spend time with God to understand how he is going to speak to us. Some people experience him through nature. Some experience him through people, through having deep conversations, through having hard conversations, through worship, chapel, journaling, sunsets, surfing, exercise, Spending time in silence, spending time in the spiritual disciplines, practicing gratitude, just spending time with God, letting him see you, being in a space of openness and honesty with God, letting him see you and know you fully. So how are you learning the voice of your shepherd? How are you paying attention to these deep moments in your life where, you're letting, where you need God to speak to you? And how are you letting him speak into those? This pa- I think the main thing for me when I think about this passage is the call to know others. I think in a lot of ways that appeals to me because, like I said, I love people more than I love breathing. Like, I love people so well, and I have such a deep desire to know others and to hear their stories and to understand who they are. And knowing each other in the context of this passage looks like protecting each other, being present with each other taking care of each other. And when you care about something deeply, you have a deep desire to protect it. It's like how I feel about compane cinnamon rolls. When I go to compane, and this is silly, but it's true, I do not want to share my cinnamon roll with somebody else. Like if somebody's like, oh, can I have a bite of that? that looks so good. I'm like, oh, it is so good, but it's actually mine. Like I, I don't really <laughs> like, oh, oh, you're, you're taking the part with all the frosting. OK, good. Um, so it's and that's a silly example, right? But When you care about something, you want to protect it. You want to make sure that no harm comes to it. Like somebody else eating it. But okay. And and we don't care about something until we know it. If we don't know the person sitting next to us, if we don't know somebody's story, then we don't care as deeply and as fully about it. As children of God, we are considered each other's family. We are considered brothers and sisters of the most high God. And if you think about your own family, whether that looks like your biological family or the family that you've chosen to create create for yourself through your friends and people here, most people would literally do anything to protect the people they love. Like, I would have beaten up a third grader. Like, I was twice their age, and I would have beaten them up because I love my family. I love the people that I get to share my life with. Those people become your people. You know them, you get them. You've seen them do stupid things. You've seen them make dumb mistakes. You've held them when they've cried. You've been with them after a breakup or a death or a painful event. And if you've ever been in a deep and sacred space with someone like that, you want to protect them. You want to bring them into spaces of life and joy and fullness. And this is what Jesus calls us to do through his words, through him telling them to protect them by the power of their name so they would be united just as we are. Because in that, he also refers to those who believe in Jesus' message that the disciples share. And that means that all of us are included in that. So congratulations. You've made it in the most famous book in the whole world. You're in the Bible. I just want to say, a shout out, you made it in life. <laughs> Because Jesus specifically prays for you. And I think that's so significant that when Jesus is about to go on the cross, he refers to all of those who would be like, know him through the disciples' message. So as the disciples go out, all of us know Jesus and have a relationship with him because of what the disciples went out and shared. Jesus spent so much time with his disciples, with his followers they went with him everywhere they slept next to each other they ate with each other they laughed with each other they cried with each other they prayed with each other and i think when jesus is leaving him in the context of this prayer he is his heart is breaking it's like when you drop somebody off at the airport and you like get close to the terminal and you get so sad you're like oh but i don't want you to leave like i don't want you to leave but for Jesus, he knows that this is, he's leaving for, for I mean, he comes back when he raised, is raised from the dead. But he knows that this is the end of his significant amount of time with his people. And his heart is breaking. And so his, in desperation, he cries out to God that they would, he would protect his people, the people that are to come and the people that were with him now. God challenges us to see the people around us, to know them. And that is uncomfortable sometimes, you guys. It's uncomfortable to enter in and get to know someone, especially if they have different views than you or something that you're not used to. But God created all of us, and we need to enter into spaces that are hard and good. Because we need to experience the fullness of his kingdom. And when we know someone, we know part of the heart of God. Because all of us have the heart of God inside of us in a different and unique way. So when we are challenged to engage in spaces with people that we don't know and we don't know their experience, whether that looks like someone that is a different race than you, a minority on campus, somebody who's LGBTQIA+, somebody with disabilities, somebody that has a different story, a different family than you, engaging in a space where you care deeply about them, you know their experience, you see brokenness in them that you see in yourself. When you see that and you feel that, you can't help but care about those people in a different and special way. And we need to care about all of the people around us because that is what God calls us to do. He calls us to be love in this world and to be present with the people that you're around. Jesus wants to continue the family that he started when he was here on this earth. The family that he started to create through his disciples, through his followers. So I wanna challenge you, how are you doing this in your life right now? Who are you spending time with that's different than you? Who are you pouring into? Who needs you? Who needs to hear? Who needs to be heard? Pay attention to that. Pay attention to the ways that the Spirit is calling you to engage in hard conversations and to be with people. Because I truly believe that if we knew everyone's story, there is no one that we couldn't love. There is no one that we wouldn't love if we knew the depths of their heart, if we knew their story, if we understood them. Hmm. Engaging in hard spaces is heavy. It calls us to call on something that's greater than ourselves. But if we want to experience the unity and protection as a community, as broken people, we need to follow in the way that Jesus modeled for us to follow him and to engage in those spaces and to talk to those people and to seek them out and love them for exactly who they are. That means listening to people's stories. That means sharing meals. That means laughing together. That means... Worshipping together, that means praying for each other, praying with each other. Living life together, sharing in pain and sharing in joy. So let them be one. I think God is calling, Jesus is calling, to protect the family that he created because there is so much value in continuing that family. And lastly, I think That God calls us into the fullness of joy. He said, now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. So often I think as a society we associate the word joy with the word happiness. So we think that if we're joyful we're happy when those are not synonymous things. Happiness is temporary, happiness is situational, and joy is something that deeply abounds from your soul. And I believe that it's something that comes from God, that fills us up when we're empty. But that doesn't mean that we don't experience pain, that we don't experience hurt. Because I know that life isn't always joyful, and sometimes we don't feel like celebrating. And I want you to know that that's okay. It's okay to grieve, it's okay to cry, It's okay to feel the weight of pain and hardship because Jesus sure as heck did. He literally sweated blood because his anxiety was so great. He experienced people leaving him, people denying him. People literally chose to release a murderer over Jesus, and Jesus was sent to the cross. Jesus knows what pain feels like. He also knows what it feels like to live life with the people around you and to love your life and also be in so much sorrow and pain. Um, Could you put up Romans? In Romans 8.18 it says, Yet what we now suffer is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Um, Other translation is the joy, um, the pain that you experience now is nothing to the joy that you will experience in the future. This joy has to do with the the joy that we're going to experience later on in life, that there is so much good coming in the future. And I know that right now in my life, I have been experiencing so much suffering, so much pain. It has been so hard to even write this sermon because I feel like I'm overwhelmed with the weight of the world and the weight of my own life. And in the midst of that, I know that there is so much good to come for my life, so much good to come in the future. And that God is going to use the pain that I'm experiencing now to further his kingdom and to use it for my good. Because if I know one thing about God, it's that he works all things for his good. And I don't know how and I don't understand it, but he does. So I want to tell you today that it's okay if you're not feeling Jesus. Know that he is protecting you and walking with you and fighting for you. Even when you don't feel like you're experiencing his presence, he is with you. And there is so much joy to come. And if you have to hold on to one thing, please hold on to that. Hold on to the fact that there's people around you that want to spend time with you, want to be with you, want to know you. And you don't have to go through this stuff alone. Because when you let somebody in to the darkness and the pain that you feel, you're not alone anymore. Jesus is with you. He's in the community of the person or the people that you tell about your pain and your suffering. And that is protection. That is family. That is what it looks like to walk with and live life with others. This deep joy that we experience through Jesus, through reconnecting with him, through hearing his voice in whatever way that looks for you, is recentering. It refills your soul. We are not a forsaken people. God is with us. God is moving. God is working. So, in closing, may we continue to be a people that seek after God, that know that we are under his protection at all times because he is our faithful shepherd, one who is never far away, one who would chase after us if we got lost, one who calls us his family who prays for us, who has created the people sitting around you right now to become your family, to help you move into fullness, to walk this life alongside you, to carry your weight with you, to feel the fullness of joy with you, to remind you of who you are and whose you are. So may you choose to let yourself be seen. May you choose to let yourself be known. May you be brave and be bold and know that you are protected, chosen, and deeply beloved because you belong to him and there is nothing that could separate you from that. There is so much good to come. Pray with me. God, I thank you for the ways that you never abandon us, that you never leave us alone, that you have put people on this earth to walk with us so that we do not have to face things by ourselves. God, we we'll be, be reminded of your presence. May we learn how we can hear your voice, how you're trying to speak to us, speak through us, speak into us, speak life to us. You are so faithful. You are so good. You are worthy of all the praise even when we don't feel like praising you. May we be reminded of the joy that you instill in us for the future. May we lean into hard spaces. May we love the people who are hard to love. May they become our family, God. Because they are your beloved too, just as we are your beloved. Mm. Amen.